It's time for Town Talk. Our monthly review of accomplishments, issues, and celebrations involving the town of Wyndham is brought to you at this time on the first Tuesday of each month by Prime Materials Recovery with facilities on Ash Street and Milk Street in Willimantic. Prime Materials Recovery assists manufacturers and utilities to maximize their resources through scrap recovery. And now, Jim Rivers, the Wyndham Town Manager, joins me today. Mr. Rivers, good morning. Happy New Year, all the good stuff. Want to flash back to 2022, what went on in the town of Wyndham in 2022 and where we go from here? Yeah, we had a good year. Good morning, Wayne. Thanks for having me. Uh, Happy New Year. Uh, We had a really good year in Wyndham in 2022. Uh, Can't complain about the progress we made. Uh, We had a lot of projects completed. We got a lot of good projects going with uh, with the help of some ARPA money, American Rescue Plan money, and uh, give a huge tax reduction to the taxpayers, uh, hired some good staff uh, through the year. And, and, again, it's been a great year. It was a great year, and it looks like it's going to be a great year in 2023, too. And 2023 kicked off with that bonfire at Jilson Square. What's the report you got on that? Uh, no news is good news, Wayne. Uh, no injuries. Uh, nobody was burned. Uh, no, it was a good time. I guess there was about 100 people there. And uh, it went off uh, without a hitch, so we uh, were happy about that. We that was that kind of uh, ended a, a, a pretty good holiday season for us uh, on events. We had, of course, the light parade we talked about at the last uh, time I was on, but we also have all those new lights on Main Street thanks to the group that uh, that put all those lights up. The volunteer group that raised all the money, uh, I think over thirty thousand dollars. Now they also kind of sponsored the Winterfest event. Uh, that was not an event that the town put on, but, uh, uh, again, these, this group of, uh, of different people, I'm going to forget somebody's name if I start rattling off the names, but um, we, uh, again, very happy that that went off uh, without too many problems as well. The Winterfest event was a good event, too. And uh, the big toy giveaway, over 600 families, so that was a good project, too. And speaking of, speaking of numbers, the uh, community center had a big kickoff here in 2022. It was so big, Jim, that it made the cover of the 2023 WILI Eastern Connecticut weather calendar. But you still get people signing up for that, right? Yeah, as as I uh, uh, explained uh, to everybody from the beginning, I was in the fitness business uh, for quite a few years. And, uh, you know, you get this, uh, you call them New Year's uh, resolutions, goals, whatever, and, and But it really has a lot to do with the weather, too, because during the summer months, the warmer months, people are they're outside, they're, they're maybe playing ball outside, uh, barbecuing, whatever. They're not really thinking about going inside to do, you know, uh, physical activities or any activities for that matter. So what you see is as the weather gets colder, you see an increase in, in memberships. And, you know, we kind of seen that. And we'll, we'll probably peak out, believe it or not, you kind of peak out in April because it keeps gaining through the winter, and then it starts to drop off as the weather gets better. So, um, you know, I, I expected that. We're also in year one, so people still aren't used to pointing the car towards the community center. So it'll be a few years before we sort of peak out, and then it'll kind of level up and maybe start going down as the facility gets older. But uh, we're seeing a, quite a bit of interest, as you mentioned. About 1,700 people have signed up so far on the back side of the building. That's the, the recreation, pool, gym, gymnasium. Um, in the front, the, the senior center towards the front, uh, I think I heard uh, they said that five times the number of people frequenting the senior center, the new senior center, as it was the uh, from where it was at the last one. So uh, we again another great year thinking about how how that project 
uh, turned out. I mean, it exceeded. I think it's exceeded all of our expectations. I don't hear too much complaining anymore. There was there was some people as time went on. You know, they less and less complaining. But I haven't heard too many people complaining now. And again, we we've, we've been able to meld uh, to get really uh, uh, finance wonky here. We've been able to meld a lot of that debt service into the budget uh, so far without uh, without a lot of impact to the taxpayers. Because again, the debt service isn't. In the scheme of the budgets that we, in the money we spend every year, debt service is not the biggest, uh, you know, the biggest component. Jim, as you start the budget process for 2023, how do you offset inflation, which is not just affecting all of us, but also town finances? Uh, probably our biggest challenge uh, the last couple of years has been inflation. And we've, again, uh, uh, luck is where preparation and opportunity meet. So here we are. Uh, we've been quite lucky, and that is because we have prepared for uh, higher revenues. We've been working on higher revenues for years. Things just don't happen. Um, and we've been getting more revenues to offset that inflation and expenditures. And I, as, as an example, we get a lot more money on pilot, payment in lieu of taxes for the state property uh, over the last couple of years from where we got previously, thanks to all the work the state delegation has done, uh, uh, Dennis O'Brien, the mayor, Tom DeVivo, uh, they have all worked really hard uh, going to, to Connecticut Council municipalities, going to the, the capital, and trying to increase that number. For, for years, we just we got 30% of what we were supposed to for state property. Now we get 50%. That's a big number for us because we have so much state property. We also see department revenues because of the activity and, and, the, and just what is the excitement going on in Wyndham. We see all those department revenues going up, building fees, conveyance fees, have doubled since uh, 2019, uh, just a lot more activity uh, in the real estate area. And then uh, the regionalization we've done, we've get, received more revenues from other area towns for the services we provide. Uh, so we're seeing uh, uh, grand lists growing, and, and that's not re- from revaluation, but just more property being taxed in Wyndham, business property, cars. Um, so, again, those revenues have offset the expenditures uh, and we we should continue to see that trend this this coming year, the new year, uh, when we do the new budgets. Uh, but yeah, we ha- we're stuck with inflation like everyone else. I think uh, last year our budgets went up by five percent, but we were able to give a very uh, large tax decrease because revenues. And I've always said this since I've been here: Wyndham had a revenue problem, not an expenditure problem. They had cut any and everything they could possibly. It was a point we couldn't we didn't have enough toilet paper in the town hall. We had cut the budget so much. Halfway through the year, we run out of toilet paper and, and paper towels. We, you just can't cut anymore. So uh, we, we we're very fortunate with the revenue picture. I remember that. Make sure I do my business before I go to town hall. What's the timetable on the budgets? When do you hope to have it out? And then when does it go to the voters? Well, we're, we're bound by the charter. So I have to have a budget pretty much uh, to the town council by February 15th. And then by the end of February, it has to be sent from the town council to the Board of Finance so they can start doing their work. And then we have they work on it for a couple months. And then our, our budget vote by charter is the first Tuesday in May. So we have to work towards backwards from that date. So we're already been preparing budgets for the last month or two. And uh, we, you know, we finalize the numbers here through January, each department. Uh, finalizes their numbers, and then I put together the package in the early early February, and, and we're off and running. And ripped from today's headlines, Jim, 
Do you get a raise tonight? Well, I, I don't want to count the chickens before they hatch, Wayne, but uh, unfortunately for, for me and probably for the town, uh, we have, uh, we're setting a record here. We've never given the town manager a raise. So we haven't had a town manager for too long, only about 15 years. But in 15 years, my predecessor never received any raise, including the cost of living increase. Uh, I have not as well, and there, uh, we'll see what happens. I don't know what the council is going to do. There's 11 individuals. They all have different opinions. Some of them, I think, believe you never have to give the town manager a raise. I can't quite explain that. But anyway, we'll see what they do. But, yes, we, we're, uh, we're, we could make history tonight and actually give a cost-of-living increase to uh, the town town manager. What's the process on that? Do you get up there on the podium and say, here's what I've done, here's why you want to pay me more? Well, um, you, you know, you, you, you hope that, uh, you know, they're talking amongst themselves and maybe talking to experts, people in uh, uh, benefits and uh, wage experts. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a give and take between us. It's a negotiation. Uh, I've talked to the mayor uh, and a couple of the other council members you know, kind of saying, look, you know, what I what I might want, what I might not want. You know, sometimes you might want an enhancement to your your retirement. Sometimes you might want to raise. Sometimes you might want time off, whatever. And we just, so we have a kind of a, a back and forth, uh, you know, maybe outside of the meeting. And then you get in the meeting and, and see what happens. I mean, see what motions are made by uh, different council members or the mayor. I mean, uh, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, we'll be prepared or he'll be prepared with something that we all agree on. You don't want to have – you don't want to have the negotiation itself in the meeting, but you hope that uh, we've laid out a few concepts before the meeting, and then they're, uh, you know, they'll make a motion uh, to uh, to amend my contract. I have, I do have a contract with uh, a time on it too, so it's also an extension of time. So they give me they give me a raise or or whatever, and then uh, I give them more time. I, I stay with the the company, if you will, uh, longer. So you know that goes on. This, those talks go on behind the scenes. Why don't you update things, Jim, on what's going on with projects on Main Street? Well, as, you, as everybody can see, Wayne, we've got progress. We've got uh, the, the Foster Building is uh, mostly stripped down. Uh, it's been a long process to do that. Um, they are working on framing uh, the, the openings for the windows, which, again, the windows have come in. They're sitting in storage right now, but we... Uh, we're seeing a lot of progress. Every week we have a meeting with the construction manager of that project now. The the appropriate staff are meeting with them, building official, fire marshal, zoning, and engineering. So we're seeing uh, attention being paid to the building. We're very happy about that. Let's hope it continues. And then across the street at the uh, the Murray slash Hurley's building, uh, continuous progress there. Very good construction company moving rapidly forward. You see studding, studs going up inside. Uh, just a lot of progress there, so we're pretty happy about that. We got the pizza place uh, around the corner. Trigo uh, looks like it's about ready. I th- I've been told by the end of January we'll be getting a slice over there. Uh, so that end of the street is really right around you, Wayne, right around WILI. And next door to us where Ray Jeans was, Trigo Pizza. Yeah, it's it's, it's coming along, Ronnie. I mean, that whole... That whole section of uh, the Main Street, the old Main Street, is going to really look different in, in a year from now. I mean, it's really going to look and feel differently, just like the continuation of the Jilson 
property development, you know, the community center, the stage. Um, we've got the, the bathroom project, uh, restroom project on Jilson, a permanent restroom so we don't have to look at the ugly uh, Porta Johns anymore. Uh, that should be gearing up. We've been on design with that project. There was our ARPA funds. Uh, so that'll, that'll be kicking up here in the next, uh, you know, in the springtime. So well, that whole area will, uh, will really start to look sharp. And you talked about Martin Kelly, and uh, there's a report today that he still has until early May to pay back taxes on the property in order to keep the building. Is that going along as expected, or just update me on that? that that's the Poya building. I think it's 760 Main. I might have my address wrong. Again. Yeah, in fact, Jean Dismay announced on Facebook that she's purchased that property at 760 Main as the town had auctioned off that property. Yeah, so how it works when you, when you don't uh, pay your taxes uh, on time, you, we eventually you get to a point where we'll auction the property, but you have six months to redeem that. In other words, Mr. Kelly could pay his back taxes and interest and fees within that six-month period and, uh, and not have the property uh, purchased by someone else. So the property still is owned by Mr. Kelly, and he has, like you said, until May... Uh, to redeem that. I don't know what he plans to do. Uh, that project is a lot of work. There's an outstanding order to make it safe or take it down from the building official. Uh, so whoever owns it, whether it's Mr. Kelly uh, or anyone else, they'll have to address the, uh, uh, the collapse that has occurred there and the potential hazard that that building presents to the back street and the neighboring uh, properties in the front sidewalk. So again, uh, uh, we don't care who owns it. We just want to see some progress, either fix it or take it down. Uh, but there's it really, it needs to be addressed immediately. That's the order that's coming from the building official. From where I sit, I would think that him paying back taxes on that building is not a big concern, given the amount that he's invested in this town already. He doesn't want to have a black eye by not paying taxes. You know, I, I, I don't want to give people advice. I, I try not to tell people what to do. I I came from the real estate world. Um, that project is a. If he was to complete it, uh, is a lot. It's a lot of money. It's going to be a lot of money to make something of that. Now he, he again is a private contractor. He's not using grant money and other things like that. So he can do things less expensively than some of these other projects where there's grants involved. We have prevailing wage and and just the, the slowness, the slow speed that some of these projects take take can can eat up your project money and just inflation. He moves a lot faster, so he might be able to do something with that property uh, and make uh, you know make a number of housing units and then make the make it profitable. But again, uh, it's a big project for anybody to take on. It cannot. I can tell you this. It cannot sit there forever. We are not. The town is not going to allow that property to sit there. Mr. Kelly needs to get to work. He needs to take down what's there that's that's all already fallen down or he needs to repair it, make it safe. So uh, we don't care what happens, but it's going to be made safe. That's that's for sure. Is he up to date on the other properties in town as far as taxes? Does he owe back taxes on other downtown properties, including the Hotel Hooker? Uh, we would have auctioned his property had he been backed up on taxes that much. He might be a little bit behind, I don't know. But he, he can't be a couple of years behind because we, we that's kind of the line where we are, you know, a year or two, you start getting into that, uh, you end up on the auction list. Uh, and our tax office does not fool around. So anybody listening, please, please pay your taxes. Uh, they're, they're somewhat merciless. We, <laughs> we go right after the taxes immediately. And we do that for the taxpayers too, because 
it's 18%. You don't want that, uh, the bill that you own the town, uh, you don't want it to pile up because once it gets to a point, you, you just can't get out of it. It just keeps rolling at 18%. So uh, we're, we're sort of doing the taxpayers a favor by being quick on the draw there. But uh, no, he, I don't think he owes the, the time of taxes that he owed on the, the POYA building. Otherwise, he would have been on the list uh, like many others were uh, when we did it this last auction. Changing gears here, there's been a lot of fatalities on Route 6 lately, and that's become an issue. What can the town do about that? So, uh, you know, uh, one of my pet peeves, if you will, is, you know, people are driving sloppier. There's more, uh, this is just a national trend. You've got more electronic devices, either handheld or even in the car, which is distracting us from driving. Uh, the, the safety measures that are in built into new cars, perhaps that makes us a little more comfortable. But on that stretch of Route 6 from Wyndham Airport, let's say, or even, even where Walmart, the, the corners of, uh, the, the four corners there by Walmart, um, all the way out towards Brooklyn, uh, it's very open road, it's fast, and you're seeing a lot of accidents there and a lot of fatalities because many of these accidents become head-on or involve a lot of speed. So uh, we, we provide ambulance service into checkpoints. So for our, uh, our staff at the fire department, uh, we are front, you know, in North Windham Fire Department, uh, we are seeing firsthand uh, the, the destruction and devastation to, to lives and families and, and property that it's just, it hurts us every day. So I, I've been talking to my engineering department, our new engineer, Brian. He's reaching out to DOT uh, to see what measures they can put in place to try to slow people down or get them to pay attention more, uh, whatever it is uh, that we can do, because uh, it's just, uh, it does not seem statistically uh, possible that the number of, uh, uh, it's definitely an outline. That section of road, we're just seeing, it's, again, it's a combination of the things I mentioned. We've got to try to do something. And again, I think, uh, uh, you know, DOT probably has some measures they can take to, uh, to help slow people down. So we're working on that right now. And speaking of roads, it's, Get to be the time of the year with snow plowing season, even though there's rain in today's forecast. What is your policy on people plowing snow, both the town employees who do it to get stuff off the roads, but also individual property owners and what they're supposed to do? Because sometimes you need a little refresher course after you've had six, seven, eight months away from snow. Yeah, every year I've got to kind of remind everybody what, you know, what they need to do with the, the basics of, of removing snow. So, you know, we've been lucky, Wayne, right? We had one snowstorm so far this year and none really in the forecast. Uh, and we're into January, so so far so good. But you know we're going to get a storm, right? We always do. Um, so, again, we have uh, approximately 15 trucks on the road. We have 90 miles of road in Wyndham. We have a lot of city roads, so it takes time to get through these city roads. You can't go really fast when, you, when you're plowing the snow. You have to put a lot of material down on the hill section and other areas where it's, it's, it can be more slippery. Uh, so we can't do everything. So we have our sidewalks. We have equipment to remove snow on our sidewalks. Everybody needs to remove their snow in front of their, in their property, whether it's a home or a business. You need to remove the snow from the sidewalk. Uh, one area that continues to be uh, a request by owners on the old, I call it Old Main Street, the five blocks right in front of the radio station there, um, many folks there over the years have wanted us to remove uh, the snow because it gets a little crowded. The snow has to be piled up and there's you know, not a whole lot of snow shelf there to move the snow to. 
Uh, that is a major operation. We usually have to come in off hours. It can take, uh, you know, quite a few, about 10 guys or 10, 10 staff. Uh, you got people moving the snow in trucks. You have three, three different uh, loaders to get the snow from different parts of the street and the sidewalk into the trucks. You have traffic control. So it is a major operation. We don't want to do that unless we have to. It's expensive. And we can't do other things uh, if we're doing that. So, uh, again, we would remove that snow if the piles become to the point where there's no more place to pile the snow. Uh, or we can't see around the corners to get out of the roadways. We might remove snow on a corner or two, or all of it for that matter. So we kind of see how it happens. But what I tell everybody is make sh- don't count on the town coming by to pick up all the snow. Uh, make sure you have barways or, or openings to the street where your customers may get out of the car and want to get to your, your store or your business or your, even your home. Uh, because once they freeze, you can't, you can't move that snow when it's a block of ice. So please get on it right away. As soon as the snow stops, get out there. A good example is the post office and the library. They do a great job of cutting, you know, three or four or five barways into the snow piles so people can walk and get onto the, uh, the sidewalk as soon as possible. So that's what I, what I ask, and uh, I think people have been mostly very cooperative with that request. But be patient. Depending on how much snow there is, it take us a while to get around with the plow trucks or even get some of our sidewalks cleaned up if we're still plowing the roads. So, uh, again, it's a process. It happens to us. We're New Englanders. We know how it works. We're tough, and we know what to do. Jim, I know a lot of people who've gotten COVID-19 in the last month or thereabouts. And now, yes, indeed, there's a new variant out there, XBB 1.5, which has become the dominant strain in Connecticut. And it has a way to get into you, even if you're vaccinated. It knows how to dodge the vaccination. Uh, Wyndham had a fatality last week. The numbers have really gone up. It's nearly 16% positivity rate. What are your thoughts on that? And how do you keep the town of Wyndham safe? Well, we've, we've started to meet again, uh, the, the group that we, we met every week when this thing was really going, and we had a lot of hospitalizations and a lot of uh, well, the testing operation was in full swing. So testing right now, we've had these conversations, Wayne. We don't have any testing stations anymore, and I, I think most, even generations, I think, if you go there for a test, we spoke to them last week, uh, they're going to hand you a, uh, you know, a home kit test. The technology's gotten better there, and that's just the way we're testing people. So uh, the problem with that is we don't know how many people are being infected or how quickly it's spreading because we're not testing and getting that data anymore. So the data you see is it's, 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 much, it's, it's always going to be worse, right? We know the people that go in and get tested when, uh, when they're really bad, and that's the number you probably see. Uh, but all the, all the infections that are spreading that may not be as serious, we don't really have a count of that. But one thing is, is sure, for sure, we are in the season the variants continue to uh, morph and, and multiply here, and we need to be uh, vigilant. So if you are, what I always tell people, you've got to take care of yourself first, and then you know, we'll see what we can do on the government side of things, taking our, uh, our cue from the federal and the state government. But you know, if you feel you're vulnerable to the virus for one reason or another, you, need, you should be wearing a mask, stay away from people. It's, it's flu season. Hey, well, do you want the flu? Do you want a cold? All these things help you and protect you from these other things that can get you as well. Uh, but masking is probably a good idea. You see a lot of people with masks now. Uh, boosters are good. I know what you're saying, that the new variant can, can get through the, the, the booster. But they'll, they'll adapt the booster as they have been along the way with these different variants. Um, but, uh, you know, just, again, I've said this. You've said it. 
for you know going on three years now. Uh, you need to be vigilant. It's still out there. It can still get you. Hospitalizations are up. Uh, they're not critical. We've seen them higher, but um, you know we are seeing some hospitalizations. And uh, again, not as many fatalities, uh, clearly because of the uh, you know the vaccination and the boosting. What do you hear about Wyndham Hospital? I've had reports that they've been overflowing when it came to the ER and the ICU. Uh, regarding COVID or, or other things? Well, just in general, but yeah, the COVID hospitalizations are spiking that number. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Again, this time of the year, uh, we're seeing, again, uh, COVID hospitalizations are off. If you look at the number, I, again, I hadn't checked it in the last week or so, uh, but between, in Wyndham County, I think the hospitalization number I saw was 14 or 16. Um, that's, that's pretty high. But again, Wyndham Hospital, uh, it can be a busy place. Again, more accidents. Uh, uh, you know, they've done a great job, of course. The, the hospital looks, looks fantastic, and the services have, have greatly improved in recent years. Uh, but uh, again, they can, it can get really busy over there, Wayne. That's a good point. And, and COVID just adds to that. And without that much capacity, it's not the biggest hospital. COVID can really uh, put a wrinkle on all other services, right? Because Statewide hospitalizations are up 152 in the last week. Let's finish things up here, though, Jim, on a positive note. You were pretty excited about the big toy giveaway that helped a lot of people in the holiday season. Yeah, uh, we had a record uh, number of requests for toys out of uh, families from Wyndham. I- I'm going to first shout out to, to Dawn Nile. She's a council member in and Wyndham, she's led this uh, charge with uh, uh, Anita Sebastian and Ernie Eldridge for a number of years uh, with many other volunteers and staff, by the way. I, could pos- I can't possibly name them all off, but it's, a, it's quite a large operation of firefighters, police officers, not just in Wyndham uh, and Willimantic, but from outside our community have been collecting toys for the kids and the families in Wyndham. And we had 600 families, probably about 1,800 children, we had to bag all these toys up and get them out to, to everybody. Um, but one thing I want to note is we had we received, like I said, toys from outside the community. Colchester, the state police out there collect toys. Those toys aren't coming from Wyndham. Those toys are coming from other communities, and they're giving to our community, and then we distribute those toys. So it's quite an operation uh, to see go on. Uh, and, again, we hope to continue to do that, but it is becoming overwhelming. Uh, the need was overwhelming this year, and we hope we uh, we met that uh, head on and uh, made made some Christmases a little a little bit better for uh, families in Wyndham. Good way to wrap things up today with Jim Rivers, town manager of Wyndham, brought to you by Prime Materials Recovery with facilities on Milk Street and Ash Street in Willimantic. Jim, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Wayne. Fourteen WILI Willimantic and ninety five point three FM.